0: to the Gary and Jesse Talk About Stuff Podcast. Good morning, Jesse. Good morning, Gary. What is your favorite font to write your emails <laughs> in?
1: My favorite font is whatever the emails automatically go to. Are you a default kind of guy? I'm a default kind of guy. I'm not that particular about fonts. How is, about it, you? is it because you're
0: not creative or is it because like you just don't care? Like You're not going to put that much time into it's it? It's because...
1: 95% of them all look the exact same.
0: We were yeah. having a discussion, a uh, very passionate discussion, uh, about fonts yeah. five yeah. minutes before we got started on our podcast, Yeah. and uh, there is one font that has had an SNL skit made about it. Yep. Uh, there's one font that people have written articles crying out how bad it is, mm-hmm. that font... ...is Papyrus.
1: Papyrus.
0: Papyrus. And
1: if none of you know what Papyrus is... Take a second,
0: go type in Papyrus on your phone. We are willing to have you not watch this for just a second...
1: Exactly. ...so that you
0: can see what Papyrus looks like.
1: And then you vote in the comments whether or not Papyrus is annoying or not. Because half the world thinks it's terrible.
0: And the other half thinks it's like the best thing ever. Exactly. So I remember part of why we got started with this was because a couple of years ago... Uh, when I was designing something for Living Water, I was just in love with the papyrus font. Yeah, yeah. And so I wrote a couple of things in that font. And then Avatar... Was Avatar like two years old? No, Avatar's
1: like ten years yeah, old. Avatar came out in like 2010. Wow. It's been a while. Yeah. Wow,
0: that feels like yesterday.
1: I know, man. So
0: Avatar basically used the papyrus font mm-hmm. and kind of... Killed it for everybody else. Like, yep. hey, uh, you can't use this anymore because we're going to use it.
1: Yeah, it got a little bit overused. And right. now it's like the most annoying font according to half the population.
0: Right. You and know? it still finds a few uses here and there. Because it almost, it looks like, uh, obviously, papyrus being an old thing that uh, is handed down from generation to generation. But it kind of looks like a biblical kind of font almost, right? Like yeah. kind of a old Greek ish kind of feel
1: it's almost tribal in i can see nature, that you know mm-hmm. it's just it's ancient looking. Right. so i mean i get it
0: very yeah. ancient looking
1: the uh, as we were talking about earlier the one font that annoys me is wingdings i don't know <laughs> why anyone would ever use wingdings and where things. the purpose
0: of wingdings is
1: uh to confuse people just in to their be mouths. silly right just to be silly i think yeah i think so um so,
0: so this is the gary and jesse talk about stuff Podcast where we obviously talk about stuff. Yeah. Uh, One of the conversations that is on the tip of everyone's tongue is fonts. Fonts. And so we thought we would answer a couple of those. Uh, discussions first
1: you know with all the with with everything going on in the world it seems like a time where not much is happening right so let's right, just so talk let's about fonts
0: for a yeah, while it'll be fun. obviously that's uh, necessary yeah. <laughs> uh but the other things that we want to talk about is your opportunities to worship with the living water community church uh in several different ways uh it's holy week of course and so you have all kinds of opportunities there. Uh, we had Monday, Thursday last night. Uh, so you can actually uh, go back and see that one on our YouTube channel. You can probably catch it on the Facebook page as well. Uh, Jesse and Ben recorded one Wednesday night.
1: Yeah, we uh, Tuesday night, actually. And
0: then it's being uploaded today. That is correct. Uh, so that's a Good Friday-themed service. Uh, yep. So be sure to check that as well. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Easter Sunday... Uh, We both have services being uploaded, so make sure that you're catching those Mm -hmm. uh, as we celebrate the risen Savior.
1: Yep, amen to that. So,
0: Holy Week, why do we call it Holy Week? First off, Jesse, let's talk
1: about that for a little uh, bit. Basically, because it's the week right prior to Jesus' death with the triumphal entry into Jerusalem and then moving on from there. Um, I think it's important to remember that Holy Week has historically been the week that we worship the Lord, but it's always historically been a little bit off, too, mm, mm-hmm. because we celebrate Good Friday, but three days would make it Thursday, mm-hmm. you know? So, I mean, there's some discrepancy there. There's a My kids bit. actually
0: brought that up a couple yeah. days ago, because we really tried to figure out as much as we could wait, if this happened on the first day of Sabbath, then what about this? And what about this? Right. And if you trace back a little bit, we have a couple of things in Scripture that give us a pretty specific day, right? Uh, So uh, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to the tomb, was it the day after Sabbath? Yes. Uh, So technically that would be a Monday, Right.
1: Well, they had Sabbath on Saturday, remember?
0: Oh, that's right. Uh, so you're talking to Sunday there. Yep. Uh, so Sunday is the day that they found out he was risen. Mm-hmm. Saturday is the day he spent in the grave. Mm-hmm. Now, historically, we'd say Friday is the day that he died. Mm-hmm. But you also couple that with, uh, where do we say it? Uh, the third day he rose again from the dead. So that's in the Apostles' Creed, right? And right. we have it on good authority from the Apostles' Creed Mm -hmm. that he was in the grave three days. Right. And so, how do we reconcile some of the timeline there? Right. Also, before we even get too far into this rabbit trail, uh, just knowing in some ways, not to say it doesn't matter, but it doesn't matter. Right. Uh, We know that he died. We know that he rose again, period.
1: Yep, exactly. Now,
0: some of the details of that are kind of fun to talk about and to suppose. Right. And we also know that there's a bigger picture here.
1: Yep, exactly, exactly. I, and you know, like we said earlier, we call it Holy Week because that's the week in which uh, we we reserve we observe with reverence what we call the Passion of Christ mm-hmm. uh, in between Ash- or between uh, um, the Palm Sunday and the following Easter Sunday. Now, the specific events of when that happened during that week, like you said, doesn't really matter. In right. fact, I think it provides us an opportunity to actually worship more, because mm-hmm. now we get four times of worship in eight days. Absolutely. Which is fantastic. Right. Um, I think I think it's very interesting when we talk about, you know, uh, the Apostles' Creed and Jesus being in the grave for three days, because largely that's due to um, an earlier phrase of his where he proclaims that he will be like Jonah in the fish. Right. He will be three days without, uh, you know, without... The father separated from the father. That's right. where we get that from. Right. So the timeline, it's uh, difficult to nail down. Right. But, yeah.
0: But there are some things that we can for sure hang our hat on. Right. Uh, yep. Knowing what they just mention in a couple of different scriptures, knowing that. People have put a lot of effort into it, uh, so I encourage you. I just typed in on Google, uh, Jesus' last week timeline, and there's a huge outline here of which scripture goes along with Tuesday, which one goes along with Wednesday, which one goes along with Thursday. And I think that's important for us to do, uh, to sort of lean on historians that have put a lot of work into this. Yeah. So uh, we could go off of what I can remember, what you can remember, uh, but even more than that, People have put effort into this. Uh, so do some research on it. Um, do some thinking about it. Because I think there's something important about uh, feeling this ongoing week. Yeah. Uh, the important thing is, of course, that we recognize him as Savior, that we recognize him as fully human, as fully God. But even last night we talked about... The emotion that had to be there, uh, especially uh, somebody texted me afterwards and asked, do you suppose that he knew that Judas was the betrayer the whole time? And my answer was sort of like, ah, and, and that's most of the time what I try to answer with, like, ah, a lot of it is assumption. Right. Uh, we can know what we can know. Uh, he never says like way at the beginning, he doesn't say Judas is the one that I know is going to betray me, Mm -hmm. but he does drop hints all along the ways that one of you is a snake. One of you is going to, uh, is going to betray me. Right. And so he says little things like that all along the way, which lead me to believe he knew. Well, and he he still acted good towards Judas. Yeah. Like,
1: and I think it's important to remember, you know, for all of us listening out there that uh, God, or that Christ is fully God and fully man. So being that right. he's fully God, one, and God knows and does everything, one would make the understandable assumption. Right. That of course he had to know because he is fully God. It's right. not like that part of his divinity was just shed and he was blinded. To I think the knowledge
0: that's of that. the big point, right? And and so here's the other thing that I kind of uh, painted myself into a corner with almost because I said there uh, in that conversation in the text message or whatever. I'm like, well, you know, I really believe he didn't give up his godness. Mm-hmm. He was always God. God is omniscient, so God knows everything then what about the passage about the last days? Yeah. Because in some conversation, Jesus says something about uh, that's not for you to know. Uh, the angels don't know that. Even the Son doesn't know that. Right. It's only for God to know. Right, yep. Now, that kind of paints me into a corner of like, oh, yeah, but there is something he doesn't know then.
1: You know, it's and that's difficult, too, because, I mean, that you're absolutely right, especially... In, if we go back to the Easter passage, when, when Jesus gives up his soul, right? Mm-hmm. He says, uh, effectively, ali, ali lama sabachthani, right. which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Right. So one could make the argument that there was a separation uh, between the son and the father then, too. Right, right. Because he was
0: obviously away from the father. Exactly. Right?
1: So is there certain things that the son doesn't know that the father knows? To be fair, maybe probably, but not so much. Right. Here here's what it amounts to. God is God and only God can figure out God. Mm-hmm. And we mm-hmm. have no idea. We just take it on faith. But what I can tell you is this. We in the reformed tradition believe that the triune God is the Godhead, Father, mm-hmm. Son and Holy Spirit, all God. Mm-hmm. Now, each one of them has different essences and purposes. That's the big thing. They all have a specific purpose. But the fact of the matter is, we still believe it is the same God. Right. But just as the Father is kind of the creator and sustainer, and Christ is the sacrifice and the mediator, right. the Holy Spirit acts as the mover and the pusher. Right. right? And so they all have their own purpose in our individual life. Mm -hmm. But they're all still one and the same. So that's a long tangent of saying, does... God know what God's going to do. He's God. We can't tell you.
0: Well, and I keep leaning on, um, there's a couple different passages that say that, the Deuteronomy passage that says, he's revealed uh, certain things to you. The rest is for him. Right. Uh, The rest is the secret things that only he knows. And the really cool thing is that we can spin our minds around in this and try to understand as much as we can. And in some ways it is never going to get there uh, because we're using human language to talk about an incredible God. Yeah. So we're... Even our language is limited. Right. Uh, So... To tie it all the way back, uh, this makes uh, very little sense if I really stop and think about it, but uh, we were talking about fonts, Mm -hmm. and, like, where do you come up with a a name for a font? Like, we're kind of making fun of the people that have to design this and come up with some random name. You're making up words, right? and there's uh, a couple different ways that I think about when we're trying to describe the omniscience mess of god when we're trying to describe the triune ness of god like we can almost just like make up a word because there's no other way to describe
1: him exactly i mean even one of our hallmarks of Reformed theology is god's sovereignty mm-hmm. and the word sovereign does not even come close to describing the magnificence or right. power of the almighty right so it you know anything we try and understand is about half of a half of a percent right of what is actually god and even more minute than that.
0: And if I can quote one of your favorite guys, John Calvin, I always leaned on this uh, when I was writing papers in seminary. I remember mm-hmm. uh, trying to describe God is like trying to say how many inches are in a pound. Right. And right. it's like you're, you're. What other analogy can I use? You're, you're comparing apples and oranges. Uh, like, yeah. I can't use my language to talk about such a
1: big God. Exactly.
0: I can. Yeah try like I can take little swings at it and maybe get a glimpse here and there yep but even that is not fully capturing everything that he is
1: and I often wonder if uh, if that's why you know God in his quote-unquote proper name you know being Yahweh mm-hmm. uh, if if that is exactly why he has that name because any other standard name could not do it justice right for those of you who don't Uh, No, Yahweh is basically pronounced in Hebrew, it's Yahweh, it's it's a breath. Mm -hmm. It literally is breath, and Mm -hmm. the understanding is every time you breathe, you proclaim the name of God. Right. And I wonder if he does that intentionally, he reveals himself as Yahweh to the people, because there is no word that can encompass him. It's only a breath that can even come close to proclaiming his majesty.
0: And even to show respect, uh the Jewish people wouldn't even say that name, right? Right. And so they think uh, a little bit more of the respect, honor, uh, not being able to say his name, uh, coming up with different words, different names Mm -hmm. that capture a little bit of him, Mm -hmm. but holding one name above all other names kind of thing.
1: He who is above all. Right.
0: So that kind of came out of uh, some...
1: Timeline sort of questions. And if I can interject just a second, I think it's important that during this Holy Week, um, if you have questions about the timeline, what better time to research than the timeline? Because I, I know oh, what I sure. believe as far as the timeline, right. mm-hmm. but I think it's important for you who are listening to research because what better way to dive deeper into the scriptures as we celebrate this Holy Week with right. reverence towards what God is going to do?
0: Absolutely. So, yeah, I think it's such an important time. Such a uh, a viable time to do that. Uh, obviously, this isn't a great setup because you're not able to go to work or you're not able to see the kids or whatever it is. Um, but maybe, just maybe, this is a time where hey, I might as well spend an hour researching the timeline. Yep. Um, also, knowing, keep leaning on Scripture. Uh, don't just listen to us uh, about what we're saying. Uh, don't just take our word for it. Don't just take any. Uh, Researcher or theologian's word for it, go back to the scripture yep. and understand that he's holding a lot of things that seem contradictory in his hand yeah. uh, that's always the magnificence of scripture to me uh, things that don't seem to go together mm-hmm. uh, death and life seem to be completely opposite right mm-hmm. and Jesus Christ encapsulates both of those things
1: absolutely how can it be that the Bible both almost equally says we believe in God's preordainment and then at the same time say we have free will Right. You right. Know, just that kind of stuff but right I think both Gary and I would agree that the majesty of the Bible is though we see those things as contradictions, they're really not. Mm-hmm. They're actually juxtapositions which I think God and his majesty uses in order for us to dive back into the scripture to find answers that we're never gonna find. Right. it's his own way of saying guess what you want answers here's the scripture he allows us and encourages us to keep investing in the word
0: keep digging keep digging keep digging and just go deeper and deeper right exactly and uh, in the midst of all of that know that he is God and we are not. Yep. I think that's a big, huge thing that we can learn, uh, not only through the Holy Week, but through any of our Bible time especially.
1: Amen to that.
0: So a little bit more of the schedule thing. This kind of came out of uh, what Jesus went through on this day. Uh, I wanted to also touch on what Living Water is doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yesterday was Monday Thursday. Uh, historically, I did a little bit of looking on this weird word, Maundy um, my kids kept saying like that doesn't make sense. You're saying Monday Thursday, uh, so they were very confused by uh, why I was saying two days and calling it one day. That
1: is adorable. Right, right, that right. Is, that that is adorable.
0: And uh, so it's not Monday Thursday. It's Monday Thursday, and there's a whole bunch of uh, reasons that we call it that. Whole bunch of uh, historical sort of learnings that we get from that word uh but a couple of them in uh the church history language mean command uh so it's the day when he said of course uh kind of through the feet washing through the go and do as i do uh giving that command to love one another as i have loved you uh it's also a last supper kind of feel uh historically again going back to this timeline thursday is when he sent uh Peter and John to make preparation, uh, when he did the Lord's Supper, and when he was betrayed by Judas. Uh, so the cool thing about a Monday Thursday is it's dark, mm. and it's um, kind of a, a down kind of service. Uh, so what we tried to do last night was nothing huge. Uh, we're not doing a big band. Obviously, with the virus, we can't get a bunch of people together anyways. Right. Uh, so what we did was we just had people, uh, had just the family up here in this upper room sit around the table to kind of give that feeling of, hey, this is when uh, Christ sat with his disciples. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is when he reclined at the table. This is when they did the Lord's Supper. Mm-hmm. And then the reason we call it Good Friday, uh, part of uh, the goodness is that it's hard. Uh, Part of the Good Friday is that that's the day that we historically believe he went through the trials. Uh, believe that he went to the cross, right? And so to celebrate that, uh, Jesse and Ben have a Good Friday service that's going to be uploaded onto our YouTube channel.
1: Yeah, actually, it's uh, me, Ben, and Jamie. We uh, oh, I'm sorry, I left Jamie. Yep, yeah, we have uh, we we up. We're going to upload it at seven o'clock uh, or before seven o'clock tonight. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, like Gary was saying, monday meaning service, and "Good" meaning. <laughs> Basically, it's going to be tough to remember, mm-hmm. but the action he did was immaculate. right? And that's what we really wanted to focus on um, at at Sheldon was just letting the Scripture speak for itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we did is we actually just have a time of reading where we, we went through all of the Scriptures and we pieced uh, what happened here, what happened here, all the way from the Last Supper all the way until... He is buried in the Mm -hmm. cave. And there will be times of reflection in the midst of all those readings. Mm -hmm. Um, Then the big thing at the end of the reading is we actually are going to be celebrating the Lord's Supper with one another, which I know you did last night as well. Mm -hmm. But I think it's important to celebrate the Lord's Supper during this time as we remember and lament and mourn the passing of our Savior um, in this season until our time of celebration, Easter Sunday. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah. I know
0: you had talked about this. Uh, I think we had mentioned it together a couple times. Um, what a awkward time to celebrate Lord's Supper, right? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I said it a couple times last night, too. I completely understand. If you feel more comfortable uh, abstaining because mm-hmm. uh, you're not in person, yeah. I understand that. That's your right. That's your belief. Go for it. Uh, wait yeah. until we're back together because that'll be... What a cool feeling that's going to be, Mm -hmm. uh, that first time that we celebrate all together. Um, But I would also encourage you uh, to be okay with the people that are okay uh, celebrating it uh, with their pastor, uh, virtual, kind of online that way. Um, Part of what we point to uh, quite often, um, most often, is that this bread, this cup, is not what saves. Right. Uh, this is a sign and a seal that yep. point to Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is the only one that saves. Yep. And so we take it very seriously, but we don't take it too seriously. Yeah. We take it lightly, but we don't take it too lightly. Right. Like somewhere in the middle there is where especially Reformed faith falls, right?
1: Absolutely. And, and you're going to see a glimpse of, you know, part of knowing your pastor, you're going to see a glimpse of one of them right now, which would be myself. Um, because I struggled very, very heavily with this. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I I really did. And I talked with Gary about it. I talked with uh, both of my pastor mentors about it. I actually had a running email chain with 12 or 13 CRC pastors about this very topic. What to do with the Lord's Supper? Can we serve communion under these settings? Mm -hmm. And we ultimately decided yes, and the reason is twofold. Number one, because... The Holy Spirit, he eclipses Mm. any physical distance Mm -hmm, between mm -hmm. us. He overcomes any physical distance. Mm -hmm. So while we are separate at the exact same time, while we are separate physically, at the exact same time, the Holy Spirit unites us together spiritually. Oh,
0: absolutely. And
1: that is what we all need right now, especially in this Holy Week, to be united as one with God, with Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, as the head of the church. So that's the first reason I decided. Mm -hmm. The second reason I decided to do it is kind of like you were saying. Um, Because the grace of Christ transcends whatever specific elements you use. Mm -hmm. So whether you're using hand-baked bread, Wonder Bread, crackers, chips, water, wine, juice, whatever, Mm -hmm. the grace of Christ is bigger than those specific elements. Mm -hmm. And so that's why we decided to do it. But again, I hold communion very highly, probably more so than I should, admittedly. I hold the Lord's Supper and Baptism the Sacraments very highly in regard. And... I struggled with it mm-hmm. to do it. Mm-hmm. We decided to do it for those two reasons. So if you sh- you're struggling with it, you will see no blame here. Mm-hmm. I get it. I'm a pastor, and I struggled with it. Mm-hmm. But I still think it's important.
0: So. Well, and the cool thing is that you did struggle with it. I think that's part of the reality of this time
1: mm-hmm.
0: and part of showing that it's a serious thing. Yeah. Uh, knowing that we didn't just... Willy nilly do it, or you know, like, oh yeah, whatever, let's just, right. it's not a big deal. Right. Uh, I would encourage you all to wrestle with it that way, mm-hmm. uh, to wrestle with it and to see what it truly means to you, right. uh, to know that part of what we celebrate is being in communion with one another, mm-hmm. uh, being together. And how do we celebrate being together when we're not together? And in some sense, I think that's a Really, really good analogy for him being here, but Mm. not physically here. Right? Like, we celebrate the fact that it's not only looking back at what he did, but it's looking here at what he is in this moment. And we profess to believe that he is here in this moment. Yeah. But I can't see him. Right. And so, last night, I'm sitting doing this meal. I believe that you on the other end of that camera are there mm-hmm. but you're not here here right and so in the same way i am in faith believing that you're taking it seriously
1: yeah
0: in faith i'm believing that jesus is taking it seriously that he is here mm-hmm. that he is with me mm-hmm. and i was really caught last night on the um uh i won't eat of it again yeah until The kingdom of God comes. Yeah. Like, that kind of blew my mind last night, because I'm like, whoa, he's here, Mm -hmm. but how cool is it that he's abstaining until I get to see him face-to-face? Yeah. And so, an analogy again, for those of you who choose to abstain until we see face-to-face, that's what he's doing, Mm -hmm. waiting for the time when we're with him. Like that right. just that kind of blew my mind last night. Oh, like, you're, you're what kind right. of self-control is that from him? Mm-hmm. What kind of like down payment is that for him to say, I promise that I'm not going to do this again until you're with me. Like well, that's so cool.
1: And and that also acts as, a, as not only a promise to us, but a promise that he will return to Oh,
0: absolutely. Us. right. You know, so yep. It's mm-hmm. not
1: just, hey, guess what? Uh, until you come to me. He's also saying two things. It's not just until you come to me, until I come back to you,
0: right? Right. right so that, right.
1: that's that's a promise, not only of the of of him intercessing for us, but that's also a promise of future hope when right. he comes back to redeem the entirety of the world.
0: There's so many like I I, I know we lean on this pretty hard, but uh, movies are referenced all the time with us, mm. and I get so excited about like. Little clues or little bits of trivia or little Easter eggs, you call them. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is yet another Easter egg of this Lord's Supper. Like right. he's just making so many tiny little glimpses yeah. that point to something. And like you're saying there, like that's another glimpse mm-hmm. of his promise, like another glimpse of what he's doing in this complex yet really simple meal.
1: Absolutely. It's and- just bread it it literally is just bread and it's just juice and or wine right. and yet it it means so incredibly much right. to us and right. it's you know the 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 liturgy that i use every i've been doing it since yeah i became a pastor the liturgy that i use has has one line in it that i absolutely love which is basically we celebrate this with the knowledge that we partake of the elements to connect with him mm-hmm. until he comes again,
0: right, right,
1: right, like until he comes again. Right. I, I just love the idea that this is, this is a way to connect not only with one another but with also with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And this is just a one and a half of one percent of right. the glory of God. That what we it's going to gonna be like, right? Exactly.
0: So on that note, then a little bit, um, you're. Uh, big fan of John Calvin who wanted to celebrate it every single
1: week. He sure did.
0: And even in our, uh, reformed liturgy, Mm. uh, the normal setup for a Sunday has
1: the Lord's Supper every week. That's correct.
0: So then the question would be, why not? Mm. Like, why don't we do it every Sunday?
1: So I actually have pastors who are advocates of once every Sunday. Uh-huh. There are some in our classes who are advocates of once a quarter. Right. We've chosen to do it once a month here mm-hmm. at Living Water.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, the reason that for not every Sunday is, I think, twofold, first of all, because if you do it every Sunday, our human nature turns it into just part of ordinary worship as opposed to something special. Right. It... I mean, it's the same thing. We don't want to turn the sacrament into basically announcements every Sunday.
0: Right, is right. the best
1: way I can put it. Mm-hmm. And if we do it every single week, what ends up happening is it becomes just another act that we do. Right. As opposed to an actual, tangible way in which to incorporate with the Spirit.
0: And there's a danger in that, right? In yep. saying, oh, it's just another rote, R-O-T-E thing. Like yep. another thing that I don't even think about. I just do. Yep. Uh, there's also the danger of going the other way and holding it to a point of, like, oh, this is such a incredible thing that we got to uh, put everything around it, all that kind of stuff.
1: To make it almost salvific in nature.
0: Right, yeah. right. And there's a danger there, of course, right? And yeah. so the Reformed faith holds it in that middle ground yeah. yep. uh, where we remind ourselves time and time and time again, hey, this is not what saves you. Right. This is not what saves you. So don't believe. Uh, this is the other... Um, word of caution if you will. Uh, don't believe that if you don't celebrate with us either last night or tonight, it's not like you're losing salvation.
1: Yeah, you're not please
0: don't say that don't believe that.
1: Yeah, if you don't participate, you're not condemning yourself right. for eternity. Far right. from it. No.
0: Because obviously in our faith Uh, We really believe that it's Jesus Christ that saves. It's faith in him. It's not the bread. It's not the cup. It's not even baptism. Uh, None of those things are what save you. It's only Jesus Christ.
1: Amen to that.
0: So understand that this is a weird time, Mm -hmm. uh, not only for us, but for pastors around the world. As we try to figure out what does Lord's Supper look like during this time? Uh, what does the Lord's Supper look like on virtual reality? All this kind of stuff. Uh, also understand that it's just a time of giving grace to each other. Uh, understanding that, yeah, this isn't the best way to do it. It just really isn't. Um, and... I think even that is an analogy, right? I think last night I mentioned too, like it was awkward a couple times because I, I left some silent space mm-hmm. and I thought about the fact that, oh, if you tuned in right at that time, like if mm-hmm. you just logged on at that time, boy, that looks weird. Like, why are they just sitting there? <laughs> yeah. and, and I thought about like, yeah, that had to feel so awkward. Yeah. But even that is just a little glimpse of how awkward... It had to be mm-hmm. that night mm-hmm. when Jesus said to that whole group, one of you is going to betray me. Yeah. yeah, And now I'm just thinking this, Chase, this rabbit trail for a second. That's not the first time they heard that.
1: No, not even close. So he no, said it I a ain't...
0: bunch of different times. Yeah. One of you is going to betray me. Yeah. But for some reason, that one really stuck with them, at least from the author's point of view, from Luke's point of view. Uh, Cause then they go down the road of well it's not me it's not me it's not me right. like each one of them goes around and says surely it's not me right Lord mm-hmm. and why why that time why did or, or maybe they had done it before and this is the only one that Luke writes down
1: yeah I, I, they, this is this is one of those things about the about biblical history that we're just never gonna know right and. You know, why then? Why that time? I mean, e- even between Matthew and Mark and Luke, mm-hmm. um, that, now that gets into deep biblical knowledge, biblical history, because they're kind of based off one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all differ a little bit in the account. Right. You know, right. some some accounts say, well, no, he said, yes, it is you, Judas. Others said, well, then they just dip the hands in right, the bowl. Right, whoever
0: dips the hand in the bowl with right. me. And then right. I,
1: is it John who basically says... Well, nope. then one of them betrayed him, and then...
0: Right, and he just kind of glances over over it quickly, right? And then went right right
1: to it. So it differs as to the account, too. So we don't know. Right. We don't know. Yeah, I I do want to go back to the the conversation real quick of of, uh, why we do communion when we do communion. Mm -hmm. Because I want to point something out Mm -hmm. that I think is very important. The other reason we don't do communion as frequently as once a week, is because the argument has been made that the Last Supper only took place once by Jesus. Mm,
0: mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And
1: so why re-celebrate that every single Sunday? I can
0: see that. Mm -hmm. So that's
1: just another Mm -hmm. thing I wanted to interject.
0: Well, and that could even be, um, so we've had the discussion about re-baptizing, right? And in the Reformed faith, we don't believe in that. Um, We say one baptism sticks mm. so to speak yep. um i've done a couple of uh like go and uh, serve at prison a couple times and it feels like in that environment you get a huge mix of beliefs right yeah. and i've had it mentioned to me several times in that context hey can i be re-baptized uh because i went and did this and this and this after I got baptized. So obviously uh, it didn't stick, they say. Right. Uh, so it didn't work. And now this time I want to have it because I really want to give my life to Christ. Right. And my answer is, no, you don't need to um, right. because of the fact that your salvation, your uh, closeness to Christ isn't you. Mm. It's not that you now worked your way back to him. Right. It's that he was faithful all the way through that. Absolutely. And so the point of one baptism is not only scripturally we hear uh, a couple of different letters. I think it's Paul, maybe Peter says something about one faith, one baptism, one Lord. Yep. Uh, all of that gets tied into the one time event yep. because of the fact that he died on the cross one time. And that covered our sins completely.
1: Absolutely, is that
0: right? Is you're that...
1: absolutely right? And and that that also uh, ties in with the fact that uh, baptism baptism is not salvific.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So
1: your salvation, whether you're baptized or not, does not depend on whether you're baptized or not. It right. depends on your faith in Jesus Christ. Right. And so, though I can understand why, <coughs> excuse me, why someone. Gets baptized and then leads a life of sin and then wants to get rebaptized as a way to rededicate their faith, mm-hmm. which by the way is a separate thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can understand it. You're right; it's not needed because your salvation was not predicated upon baptism in the first place, right? And Christ never left you,
0: right? 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 Isn't that the cool? Uh, to me, that's. Another Easter egg, like that's another thing that says, "Man, even when I was doing all that bad stuff, right, he still loved me."
1: Exactly. That's, uh, that's while I, we
0: were still sinners. That's right? the
1: part that I love. Right. Christ never left you. You might have tried to leave Christ, right? But he never left you, so you don't need to right get rebaptized in order to claim that.
0: And then to go into that juxtaposition thing, yeah, but don't I have to say yes to him? Yes, you do. But you can't even do that without the power of the Holy Spirit. Exactly. And so, uh, James, the book of James, talks a lot about you have to uh, work out your salvation, right? You have to see the fruit of what you believe. Yes, absolutely. You have to be doing yep. your faith. Yep. But it also doesn't depend on you doing your faith, it right. depends on Jesus Christ. And then, through the power of the Holy Spirit, yep. you respond to the good news that he has done for you.
1: Yeah, good good works are an outpouring of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and the faith he gives in us through the power of Jesus
0: Christ. Absolutely. So um that was all out of the timeline of holy week
1: right not bad huh?
0: and i don't know that we even i think i said it once very quickly but this is the gary and jesse talk about stuff podcast yeah uh, <laughs> we just kind of jumped right in there obviously that was ready to go yeah we
1: well you know both of us like theology yeah so there you so so go it and hours. it's holy
0: week and why wouldn't you talk about it during this week yep, especially exactly so welcome to the gary and jesse talk about stuff podcast that was all intro
1: yeah right. now we actually have to get into we the show get into the show we got an hour and a half. (laughs) Here
0: here at the Gary and Jesse Talk About Stuff podcast, we obviously talk about stuff. Uh, We are two pastors for Living Water Community Church. Uh, In this podcast, you get to know a little bit about each one of us as individuals. Mm -hmm. Uh, You get to know a little bit about Living Water Community Church, and hopefully more than anything, you get to know about your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is an on-ramp Uh, We talk a lot about random things. Uh, We talk a lot about movies, about 90s basketball, which by the way, um, I had the opportunity to put my Larry Bird DVD in. This past week uh, and spend an hour watching a documentary on the greatest basketball player of all time.
1: Man, you love Larry Bird. Larry Bird
0: is fantastic. And uh, we talk about a lot of these random things because of the fact that uh, not only are we very random, uh, but also I believe this whole creation has little glimpses of God all the way through it. Uh, So the really fun thing that I think Jesse and I both enjoy is grab one movie quote or grab a line out of a documentary or grab a line out of a book and it somehow points to Jesus Christ. And that's what we're hoping to do for you today.
1: Right. Amen to that. Amen to that. It's our hope that if... This brings you any closer to Christ than we have done our job through the mm-hmm. podcast and through being pastors.
0: Absolutely. Um, and that, maybe even make you laugh once. And maybe
1: even make you laugh a little bit. Of course, we make ourselves laugh. So that's, yeah, you know, and uh, that's where we're really going that's for we, Yeah, because no one else thinks we're funny. And
0: uh, uh, there's a fine line between laughing at and laughing with, right? Right, exactly. So obviously uh, we get laughed at a little bit, which is okay. Which is all right. <laughs> so,
1: so here's a question for you. Where was... Where was uh, Larry Bird born?
0: French Lake, Indiana. French
1: Lake, Indiana. Right?
0: Did you think I wouldn't know that?
1: No, I knew that you knew oh, that. Okay. I was like, How many people live in that town?
0: Oh, uh, it's small-ish. I'm trying to think. Uh, see, I'm not good. So you ask me how many people live in Orange City, where I live, and yeah. I would not be able to tell you. Isn't it I'm like, horrible at population. is it like 5,200 or something? Sure. Yeah.
1: So... <laughs> <laughs> Sure, <laughs> that's the best response ever, isn't it? Like fifty-two. Sure, I could Isn't it like four point eight million? Yeah, really. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. I
0: think that's about right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah. Four million. That's about right. What a great response. So here's what sure. I do. Here's what I do for oh, for yeah. uh, for size of towns. Yep. I I compare them. So yep. Sandra laughs at me all the time because most often ah. we're we're driving through towns to get to New York or whatever, yeah. and my. <laughs> levels of thinking go like this. Oh, is it like Sioux Falls? Right. Is it like Sioux City? Is it like Orange City? Like, yeah. I equate it with another town. That's the only way I can really understand it. So right. you ask me, how many people live in French Lake. Ah, <laughs> uh, is it like a dune? <laughs> like, that's kind of what I have to do. Like, I can't give you a number, but I can give you a size. I, I'm assuming, uh, if I remember right, it's like a dune.
1: Yeah, it's like 200 people. Right. Yeah, it's very, dune, very small. And dune has like 630. So, See, so I, was, I was pretty close. You're pretty close. Right? You're pretty close. That's that was the best response I've heard all week. Uh, is it is it like a quarter of a billion? Sure.
0: Uh, I didn't know a quarter of a billion people lived in our city. And we only have we only have like five restaurants out of a quarter oh, of a billion people? That's
1: great. Oh boy. Anyway. All right.
0: So, uh, let should we chase the Larry Bird rabbit trail? Like let's that would let's, be so much fun. Let's do. Cuz I know how much you love 90s basketball. I do love uh, Larry basketball. was only a little bit in the 90s. Maybe he retired ninety two. My somewhere around there yeah. because that was Dream Team, right? Ninety two yeah. was Dream Team. Yep. Uh, and I think that was kind of his last uh, hurrah, hurrah, yeah. so to speak. In fact, I think I watched the Dream Team documentary. Uh, this was a few months ago, before the being locked down and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he barely even played. Uh, like he spent most of his time laying on the ground because his back back hurt.
1: Didn't he hurt his back while doing stuff for his mom?
0: That's a really cool story too, actually. And I don't know that I could give credit to where I read this or who I heard this from or whatever, but, um, of course an athlete is an athlete. He's going to have injuries all the way along. Uh, but from what has been said, A majority of his back pain came from laying cement
1: for his mom. That's incredible. Like that's incredible. Why would you do that?
0: And yet, that kind of fits into the whole. Persona of him, right? Yeah, like, of course. He's just a good old boy. Yeah. Uh, he was probably uh, helping a group, uh, having a couple beers, doing the cement thing. Yeah. And, oh yeah, by the way, I also make $8 million playing basketball. That's the
1: thing, a quadrillionaire. Right. He, has, he can't hire someone to do his mom's driveway. And, of
0: course, he could have, which just is kind of it. a cool story, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, he's still, quote-unquote, humble enough. Now, uh. now I've heard other stories about the fact that he's quite a jerk, and yeah. he's not very nice to uh, several things. In his personality or whatever, right. but the persona of being that kind of guy is kind of like mm-hmm. cool to me. Like I think that's why I kind of like the story of him.
1: There's a reason he's called the Hick from French Lit, right? Man.
0: Right, and that fits, right? Which actually, let's chase this rabbit trail uh, because I grew up really not seeing him play. I wasn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. So if he retired in '92, I would have been. Uh, About 10 years old. Right. Uh, Exactly 10 years old. And I was kind of just getting into basketball when I was like eight ish, I think, something like that. Um, But what I grew up with was stories about Larry Bird. Oh, sure. So dad kept telling me about how much he was awesome in college, and Mm -hmm. dad was a huge fan of him at Indiana State, all that kind of stuff. Right. So I really grew up more. With the persona of Larry Bird. Right. Than actually Larry Bird. Yeah. And the quote that I have there, or the th- line of thinking that I have is, uh, C.S. Lewis, uh, I'm gonna blank on the book, uh, A Grief Observed, I think. Okay. Uh, he wrote about his wife who died, mm. and then he kind of took all of his journals and made that into a book, uh, and it was a really intense Feeling emotion, but also a really good textbook for how do you minister to someone in grief. Sure. And sure. what he spent a lot of time writing on was I fear, or I fear that I have this picture of uh, I forget what his, her name is. I want to say Mary, but I think he just calls her like M. Sure. Uh, so I am more in love with this picture of M then I am in love with actual
1: M. Yeah, you fall in love with the memory. Right? Yeah. And
0: isn't there something so true about that that we could put into our own uh, lives, especially our own faith? Yeah. Am I in love with Christ or am I in love with the picture of Christ? Because what I want Christ to be is that incredible one who uh saves me from what i'm facing in this very moment mm-hmm. which actually goes back to the triumphal entry mm-hmm. they were praising someone who they were assuming was going to come in with a big sword and wipe out the roman soldiers
1: absolutely yeah and and you know i think both of us kind of have those moments i mean with you with larry bird with me it's both my parents talking about the vikings of the 70s mm-hmm. and early 80s purple people eaters for Tarkenton, you know all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um but I think you're absolutely right in that we sort of turn our idols, our small G-gods, and even our large G-god into what we want him to be rather right. than what he actually right. is. Right. That's a really good one. We, we basically say, okay, well, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to need Christ for this now because mm-hmm. I'm sad. Right. And we expect Christ to be that one who comforts us. Then right. we say, well, I'm I'm... Really struggling with this. I need Christ to provide money, mm-hmm. so Christ becomes the provider. Right. Um, we expect Christ to go ahead and take care of our daily needs. We expect Christ to save us, whatever it is. Right. And what we do is we turn Jesus Christ into our own personification of Him, rather than living into what Christ calls us to be, which which is obedient and faithful
0: in all times. In all times. In the good and the bad, because. Uh, we're, we're hearing it several times throughout this virus time, too. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. If you can praise him when there's enough money, if you can praise him when things are going perfect, how about when everything gets stripped away? Absolutely. And for more on that, I would encourage you to go read the book of Job. Oh, yeah. Uh, in fact, uh, I remember hearing this from a pastor. Uh, historically, that's likely the first book written. It is. Now, timeline-wise... Yeah, obviously, in the beginning, he created the heavens and the earth, but that wasn't written down until many, many, many years later. Right. One of the first things that was written down was Job had all of these things stripped away. Yep, absolutely. And the pastor that was telling me this uh, of the history was saying something like, what if that's God saying to us, like, I just got to get this out of the way right away. This is going to be hard. Yeah. Yep. Understand that you're going to go through some tough stuff. Understand that, uh, in there might be times where things are stripped away, and I'm still going to be God.
1: Yeah, absolutely. To all of this. Yep. And and don't don't be expecting that I'm just going to come in and wave a magic wand and make everything all better. Sometimes. Right. It doesn't happen. Right. God does things for a purpose that is beyond our understanding.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now,
1: that being said, and I've I've said this to the congregations for years. God does love you. Christ does love you. Sometimes we go through stuff and we don't understand why, but it's ultimately for a good purpose. Mm-hmm. I promise you that. Mm-hmm. At the same time, please don't turn Christ into what you want him to be. Right. Rather He's not live, the
0: vending machine. Right. right.
1: Rather live for who God wants you to be and thank Christ for his sacrifice. Absolutely. A big difference. There. I think
0: that's a huge... Uh, staple of our faith that we can lean on during the good times and the bad, knowing uh, that it's not just words. That oh yeah, he's good. No, he is good. Right. He's really good all the way through it. Amen. Um, a couple of different books that I would encourage you, if you want more on that, of course, go to Job. Uh, go to First Peter. We talked about that a couple different times. Mm-hmm. Uh, study the the glimpses that God continues to give uh, throughout the timeline of Scripture, even. So you start with Job, and yeah, this is going to be hard. Um, One of the most incredible lines, I think, uh, is Job saying, in the end, I will see my Redeemer stand. And he didn't even have the full understanding of who Jesus was, of what God was doing. But that line in there gives us an even bigger picture of being able to say you know what whatever virus whatever job loss whatever in the end my redeemer is going to be standing
1: amen to that and
0: that's just such a cool comforting thing for me
1: and in this holy week that's not only important to remember but it's also important to name the fact that a lot of the times we complain and we don't understand and that ultimate question of "Eh, that's not fair Mm -hmm, it's not mm -hmm, fair for mm -hmm. job for god to do that it's not fair to ezekiel when God made him lie down on his side and eat effectively poop. Mm-hmm. It's it's not fair that, you know, all these people go through all these things. It's not fair that we have to deal with the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. To which I say, you know what? In our human understanding, you're right. It's not fair. But according to God, it absolutely is fair. And we know it's fair because none of us could have taken on the sins of the world like mm-hmm. Jesus Christ did. You want to talk about fair? Mm-hmm. That was unfair, right? but he did it anyway. Absolutely. So whatever we face is secondary compared to the suffering he undertook for us. And,
0: again, a picture of it, right? A picture of, yeah, this little tiny glimpse that we have of how horrible this is. Mm -hmm. There's an even bigger understanding of what Christ went through. And I just encourage you, use this time uh, to dwell in that. Uh, to think about that, to research that, to know that, not just in your head, but in your heart as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just doing some more searching here for the Holy Week timeline. Bible Gateway is a, a really reputable source, and so I copy and pasted this. If you're wondering about the timeline of Christ, especially, I think this is really cool. It gives, um, in John, we hear it, in In uh, this book, we hear whatever, whatever. Uh, So check that out if you're looking for more research on on the Holy Week timeline. Uh, That was actually out of some Larry Bird trivia. There you go. Uh, So I wanted to give you, like, two more questions and see if we can get any theology out of this. Gotcha. Um, What college did Larry Bird go to?
1: Indiana State.
0: Which uh, is a little asterisk there uh, because... He only went there for two years or something like that. Correct. But he was under
1: Bobby Knight, am I right?
0: He went to Indiana Mm -hmm. for like a week. Right. Uh, He he said in this quiz right here, it says it, uh, he said he felt intimidated by the size. Yep. And so he went to play at Indiana State, which was a much smaller school, obviously. Yeah, it was barely
1: Division I. Right,
0: right. And uh, according to the one documentary that I've watched a dozen times or whatever, uh, the line that I really love is, in the huge map of Indiana basketball, like, Indiana is equated with basketball, right? right? Like, wow. whether it's high school, college, whatever. Yeah. Like, you, you grow up loving basketball. Right. And in that huge map, Indiana State is barely on the map. Like, right. it's barely a blip. Like, right. they've right. never had a huge history of being good, of any no. of that well, kind of stuff. Well, even the
1: Pacers, for goodness sake. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, but uh, there you go. Right. So,
0: uh, this one isn't that fun. Oh, how about this? Mm. When, which pick was he selected? In the 1978
1: draft, oh boy, that's a rough question. Uh, which pick? Yeah, obviously, his first round, he wasn't first overall. Um, I will say either fifth or sixth.
0: You're right with their second one, it's sixth sixth pick. Yeah, and now I don't know the whole history of this, but it's just briefly mentioned in that one documentary. The rules were different at that time. Yeah,
1: they didn't have the draft lottery back Like, there. it was weird. Yeah. And
0: so, they were not very good. The Celtics weren't very good. Mm. Uh, but they had the number six pick. Right. But also, he, for some reason, he was eligible even though he could still go back to college. Right, yeah. So, like, they were able to draft him because of his age, because he sat out a year, so right. he was actually a year older than the other ones. Yep. Um... But he still had the choice, like after being drafted... To say, yep, I'm going to go play for you, or nope, I'm going back to college. Right. Which yeah. is obviously backwards the way it is now. Yeah. You declare for the draft, and you're done with college. Yeah, like, exactly. You don't get to go back.
1: Well, because how old was he when he went into the draft? I mean, gosh, uh, 20, 21, 22? He had which to is, be
0: something like that, which I would is
1: assume. way older than most people are now. Right. I mean, they enter the draft at 18, 18 19. 19, right. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: So, the setup was weird, uh, but that was kind of a cool... Uh, background to understand that he had the choice here, Um, but then also uh, following through with that uh, in that documentary, especially it says like the scouts were watching him, uh, and they weren't really that impressed. Like, here's a kid who can't jump. Here's a kid who can't really be that fast.
1: Which, to be fair, he couldn't.
0: He couldn't. Like, he had a credit card laying flat vertical, Um, (laughs) but what I was always impressed by is he just figured it out, right? Like, Mm -hmm. uh, you watch some of those clips, and he had a mind for it, Uh, so he was able to predict, hey, this guy's going to be right there.
1: There's a quote by uh, a guy named Shelby Foote. He is uh, a Civil War historian slash author, and he's talking about um, General Grant, how he beat uh, Robert E. Lee Mm -hmm. in uh, 1864 in the final... Some of the first battles of the Civil War, at least that the Union finally started winning, and the uh, question was posed to him: How did he? Uh, how did he overcome Robert E. Lee? Because Lee was this brilliant general, right? Mm-hmm. He knew mm-hmm. all of this stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, Shelby Foote goes, "Well, he did it like any good general does with superior numbers and doggedness. He mm-hmm. just kept at him, kept right. at him, kept at him, right? And right. I think that's exactly the same with Larry Bird, right? Mm-hmm. Like just." Good size and doggedness. Just right. keep at it. Keep at it. Throw right. an elbow here. Check a knee there. Right. You know, just constantly be in their face and wear them down. And the will,
0: day. right? Yeah. The will to just keep going. Yep. Uh, I think that was mentioned a couple times in this quiz too, in that documentary. Like, yeah, he just had this drive. Stubbornness. Uh, stubbornness. Part, I think is a huge deal, and that's why you read. Uh, why is Kobe Bryant so good? Why was Michael Jordan so good? Mm-hmm. There's that drive, that that next little click that they can make that most people aren't able to make, right?
1: Yep. I'm um right.
0: so that was a couple of Larry Bird trivia and everybody tuned out for that. Yeah, um right. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> so we should probably be, de- be done talking yeah, about probably, yeah. Um, what else do we have to cover? We talked about fonts, uh, we talked about Holy Week timeline, uh, we talked about the theology yep. of the Lord's Supper, a little bit about baptism, yep. uh, we talked a little bit about the schedule for Thursday, Friday, and then Sunday. Yep, uh, honestly. We can't really go that much more further with our schedule. Um, We don't know know, uh, some of it. Uh, We have kind of found a good routine over the last week, two weeks. Uh, Sheldon records and uploads. Uh, Orange City goes live. Um, For a couple of weeks there, we did some team teaching, which we might go back to, Um, but for... Maybe the next week or two weeks, I think we kind of found a good route Mm -hmm. for uploading with Sheldon going live with Orange City. So I would encourage you, uh, stay tuned uh, for what that looks like as we go forward. Uh, The best things we can do is tell you, uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, You can actually, if you go to YouTube and you watch one of our videos... Uh, any of our videos, Uh, there's a little uh, button off to the side that'll say subscribe. Uh, Subscribe to that, and then you are able to be notified, like uh, somewhere it gives you the option of, can I be notified about um, when there is a new... Uh, video up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so make sure that you hit subscribe and that you hit I uh, want to be notified. So then every time we have a service uploaded, every time we have a service that goes live, uh, you'll get a little email, you'll get a little text message that says, Hey, uh, now's the time to tune in.
1: And it's important to know that uh, this Sunday it's going to be just a little different. Um, Orange City is going to be streaming uh, same time, 10 o'clock, am I right? Mm-hmm. Um, for the Easter service. Sheldon is actually going to be uh, doing it as a community with uh, all of our brothers and sisters in Sheldon. Mm-hmm. So, our service is not going to be streamed this week. Mm-hmm. It's actually going to be live. So, tune into KIWA. Mm-hmm. Join us in the school parking lot for prayer and song mm-hmm. and service. Mm-hmm. So, streaming in Orange City um, on KIWA in Sheldon mm-hmm. this Sunday.
0: And, um,. I'm assuming somebody will probably... Somebody will tape that, won't they? Yeah, we're
1: going to get the master copy from the radio. Okay.
0: So so it'll be available in several different ways, I would assume. Uh, Just keep watching. Uh, But that was out of the... uh, Just the call to... Uh keep subscribing to YouTube. Uh Facebook has kind of become a pretty big hub for several different things for Living Water. Uh so make sure you're liking our page on Living Water. Mm-hmm. Uh that way you're gonna get all kinds of updates. And then of course uh emails. Uh Jesse and I are both sending out Tuesday, Friday updates. Mm-hmm. Uh so you'll be able to just kinda have a quick glimpse of what is going on, what's going to happen, yep. uh what's this week looking like, and like we said before, we can give you a little glimpses. Uh, we can't give you what it's going to look like a month from now yep. uh, because, in some ways, we don't know. Yep. Uh, but we continue to operate under the official statement that Living Water put out uh, a week ago or so that for the month of April we will not be having any in-person gatherings. We will be doing completely online uh, with an asterisk. That if, Lord willing, this entire thing is uh, quote unquote solved, uh, then we'll make a decision sort of uh, at that time. And that would be incredible. Uh, but at this point, we're assuming we're planning on not meeting in person for the month of April,
1: correct? That is absolutely correct. Yep. So, so.
0: keep paying attention to Facebook, uh, keep paying attention to those emails. Uh, keep paying attention to YouTube, and do your part in staying connected. Yep. Uh, we can put as much as we can out on the line, uh, but it's your responsibility to pay attention to it, to receive it, to listen to it, to watch it, whatever.
1: Yeah, like we can only encourage so much. And for those of you who are listening and who are participating, it's very much appreciated because mm-hmm. that is what we as a church are going to rely on once this thing gets, gets over with mm-hmm. is reconnecting with one another, and the only way we can really reconnect is is if we stay in touch with one another. Absolutely. Yep, so. yep.
0: So keep staying in touch, keep paying attention. Um, I've gotten a few little uh, glimpses of feedback, like, oh, hey, this one worked really good, this one didn't work as good. Those help. Uh, they really do. So let me know if one seems to be um, a little bit off, one seems to be working really well. Uh, most of the time, re- in reality, there's Things that we can't do, uh, so I can't fix the internet. <laughs> um, uh, sometimes it doesn't stream smoothly, sometimes it's a little jumpy. Uh, with a huge answer being everybody is streaming at this time, and so be aware that there's going to be times where it kind of cuts out a little bit, where it's a little jumpy, whatever. That's part of the reality that we face right now with mm-hmm. so many people streaming, with so many people doing church, right?
1: Yeah, 86% of Americans are stuck at home. So, yeah, it's going to be a little bit slow for yep. a while, but and, we'll, we'll suffer. We'll get through it. And
0: your Netflix is going to not operate as quickly as you That's want it to. For sure, so. That's part of the reality of it, right? Yep. Uh, so, anything else we need to cover? I think we got a whole bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, stay connected. Yep. Uh, keep watching, keep paying attention. Do whatever you can to keep up with living water.
1: And, uh, yeah, in the next uh, couple hours here, both Gary and I, we will be doing a joint update for the campuses for our Friday updates, mm-hmm. so stay tuned for that. You can find that on our Facebook and YouTube page. Also. Yeah, and
0: uh, I'm. we're going to have to talk about this, if it looks like this or not, but I wanted to give a little bit of update on uh, some of the building here too because last week I showed just one of the rooms that's kind of being updated for the Ebenezer campaign. Uh, Continue to think about what it looks like to give to the Ebenezer campaign. I understand that now is a time where uh, you got to tighten a few belts, all that kind of stuff, but don't be uh, letting your offering slip. Uh, Continue to give. Continue to prayerfully uh, be a joyful giver and you can do that through our website for thirst.com. Uh, Over on the right-hand side, you'll find a tab that says online giving. You can also text to uh, 84321. You can text your amount to 84321, and then that'll walk you through how to set that up.
1: Mm -hmm. Please do give during this time. It's as an act of faith.
0: Uh, Absolutely. Yep. Yep. All right. We good?
1: I think we're good. All
0: right. This has been Gary and Jesse Talk About Stuff. Jesse, I love your face. Love your face. And watch how smoothly... This transition is going to be.
1: Ready? I'm excited. Look at the smoothness.
0: Isn't that smooth?
1: I can't hear anything.
0: Neither can I. (laughs) I was so excited because I thought I had it
1: figured out completely. Oh, there
0: it is. Look at the smoothness of it. Thank you